0: So we're in the chapter eight, <laughs> but real quick though, no, I'll ki- kid this out. Verse fourteen, real quick. What does that say in bottom line in verse fourteen? <clears throat> if you think about it, it's kind of saying, you know, there's things on this earth that are going to be hard to understand, right? And it's what we've talked about over and over again. Why does it always seem like bad things happen to good people? You know. And vice versa. It's something that we we're all just baffled with and it's hard to understand. But obviously it's always been that way, right? I mean, it's been that way forever. And I have a feeling when we're long gone, it's going to be the same way then. There you go. Yep, that's one way to look at it. I agree with that. And, and you know, there's, we can look at that in so many different ways. And we've, we've talked about it. Why, If we didn't have bad things happen to us, you know, we wouldn't grow as much as we do or can as Christians. You know, we got to have the bad times along with the good times for, one, to appreciate the good times and for us to grow stronger in our faith, you know, patience, love, everything. you got to go through the tough times to, to get stronger and better as a Christian, you know? I think we all could all agree with that. But it is hard sometimes to understand and to, you know, understand. But then again... It's not our job and place to understand how God thinks and you know, how he does what he does. You know, we know what we're supposed to do, but you know, I think we'd all agree we're definitely not on God's level. All right, so let's look at verse uh, 15 here, see what old Solomon has to say. So I commended enjoyment because a man has nothing better under the sun than to eat, drink, and be merry. For this will remain with him in his labor all the days of his life, which God gives him under the sun. How many times have we seen this verse before? We've seen it a lot up to this point. And what is he saying here in a nutshell? You know, he's just saying, look, life is a gift from God, right? Enjoy it. You know, if we're talking and, you know, Jim mentioned, you know, everybody has said it at some point. Remember when we're reading this, you know, we're looking at under the sun thinking, and if you're looking at under the sun, what else is there better to enjoy than what God has blessed you with? And he's saying, hey, if this is all there is, eat, drink, and be merry. Have fun. Enjoy it. God has blessed you with everything that you have. Enjoy it, you know? Uh, make the most of it. Seize the day. Um, and he, you know, he just pretty much says, too, didn't he say, to be merry? Um, you know, just, just be as happy as you can. Be content. Um, you know, as we say, life is short and then you die. You know, why, why make it miserable or any, you know, any worse than, you, than it needs to be? And enjoy it, you know, and enjoy all the things from God. All right, let's keep on going then. Verse 16. Let's do 16 and 17. When I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on earth, even though one sees no sleep day or night, then I saw all the work of God that a man uh, then I saw all the work of God that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. For though a man labors to discover it, yet he will not find it. Moreover, though a wise man attempts to know it, he will not be able to find it. So what did Solomon discover? pretty much discovered that he can't dis- discover, right? He, he discovered things that he could not discover. Uh, God's great knowledge pretty much is overwhelming, you know, and even Solomon and all of his wisdom, and it even to the, and this is the way I look at that. If you look at the part where it says, even though one sees no sleep day or night, to me it's almost like saying, if you're waiting till you think you know everything or you're all that and you're all wise, you're never going to sleep day or night you're constantly going to be searching and looking how to understand this life uh, you'll never get any sleep or rest because you're never going to find it you know you're never going never going to know it all or're never going to find it, and we're not supposed to and I think a lot of times that's i mean that that's tough on us as humans, right I mean we always want to be the best and we always want to know everything and uh, it's kind of hard to accept sometimes, isn't it, that you're not going to know everything. And the wisest man who ever lived said that. That's, that's right, the wisest man who ever lived. So how can we expect ourselves to be any different or any better? You know, and, I, and I take comfort in that, and you know, we can read that. And as we've always said going through this book, to me, this book speaks just as loud today as it did back then. Everything that Solomon goes through, everything he's talking about, everything he's trying to discover, we can just put our name in there as we're reading that, and it, it still apply. You know, we're, we're, we're never going to get it all figured out, and we need to know that, you know, and not beat ourselves up over about it, because like it says, if you think you're going to do it, you're never going to sleep or rest. You know, I mean, you're going to die a young age trying to figure it out, because you're never going to get it. Any Mike. And you're right, A lot of this book is repetitive, and I'm like you said, it's got to be repetitive for a reason, you know, just to drive that point home and get us to understand, because probably they realized and they knew we're going to struggle with it just like he did, and the more that we can he can drive that point home, maybe we'll get it, you know yep, and I think that's to that point that driving that home every. Everything that Solomon goes through and everything he tries, no matter what he tries, how he tries it, how much money he spends, or who he gets involved to do it, to the point, it all comes back to the same thing. So every time he does something or tries something, you about have to, it's going to be repetitive because it's going to have the same same ending, same results. It's all vanity. It's all empty. So yeah, it is, it's a lot of repetitive. Now, I try to skip through some of that, but at the same time, you know, it's there for a reason, so good, good comment, though. Anything else? <clears throat> An advanced student asked the legendary Bruce Lee if he would teach him everything he knew about martial arts. In, reston- in response, Lee held up two cups, both filled with water. He said, this cup represents all I know, and the second cup represents all that you know. Lee said, if you want to fill your cup with my knowledge, you must first empty your cup of your knowledge. First thing you gotta do is pour your cup out before you can pour my knowledge into yours. So kind of goes the same way, right? Get, you know, all the things that we think we know or got things all figured out, and we don't. You know, we don't. Well that's it. That's it all of chapter eight. Any uh anybody wanna Make any comments or add anything to this chapter? We don't have time. All right, verse, uh, chapter 9. Um, this is going to get into quite a uh, you know good bit of stuff here and some pretty interesting stuff. And, of course, it's going to talk about the, the, the word and the thing that a lot of us don't like to talk about. What word is that? The D word? Yeah. Death. dun dun yeah, nobody likes to talk about death. People don't even like to talk about it so much. What do we always try to do when somebody mentions or not mention that? I mean, most people don't even like to say the word, right? So what do we usually say or call it? Away. Anything but death. No. Passing away, going on to be with the Father. Uh, what's some other stuff? I had Gone to be in a better place, went to be with the Lord. We'll say anything just about besides death, right? I mean, think about it, because nobody likes to even, even say the word, more le- much less talk about it. Um, so, but we have to, you know, we have to accept that that's a part of, you know, as Christians, we, you know, we kind of got an advantage, I think, over a lot of the world that we can see the end, as far as we know, what's going to happen in the end. Could you imagine some of the poor folks that are walking around on this earth that don't have a clue, you know that they're they think they're in the, <laughs> the last days I guess you could say or you know I know a lot of people I've talked to over the years they think when you die you just that's it, you know, you just buried and no more, you know, nothing else to it but as Christians obviously we know that's not that's not the case. Um but my point is we need to not be afraid of death because understanding death is just kind of like takes it full circle, you know. That's kind of like our reward or why we're working so hard on this earth to begin with as Christians, right? You know, we're looking forward to that homecoming. You know, when this, the older I get, obviously it's, the, this life's feeling a lot shorter and shorter. So, you know, it makes me realize more and more how I need to live my life. As a Christian, you know, because we do look forward to having a home in heaven. Uh, But still, death has always been that word that a lot of people don't like to talk about. So we're going to talk about it a little bit uh, tonight because Solomon, he's going to remind us of a couple of things. In his first few verses of chapter 9, that's going to be one of them. He's going to talk about how death is certain. You know, we're going to die, period. You know, we're definitely going to die. So let's read uh, verse 1 here. It says, For I considered all this in my heart so that I could declare it all, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. People know neither love nor hatred by anything they see uh, before them. So Solomon here is just acknowledging that God is, you know, pretty much over everything and everyone. uh, And he's saying that, look, nothing's going to, you know, happen here without God knowing about it and going through God to begin with. Because he says in verse 2, All things come alike to all. One event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good, the clean, and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice, as is, as is the good, so is the sinner. He who takes an oath as he who fears uh, an oath. So right here he's saying pretty much the point way I see it, there, you know, there's no guarantees um, what life's going to bring, right? I mean, we, we don't know what life's going to bring. We know what happened yesterday, but we don't know what's going to happen for the most part today, and we definitely don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or in the future. Um, the best thing we can do is just trust in the God and, and leave it at that, because we're not going to know uh, what's going to happen. That's right. And there's no, um, what do you call it, no favoritism? You know, there's no good old boy system that a lot of people are used to. You're right. Everybody's going to, everybody's number is going to come up, and it don't matter how smart you are or who you are or what you have or don't have, you're going to die, just like the man beside you. And that's kind of the point. And he's going to keep beating that home, too, uh, here in verse 2 and 3. We read 2 and 3 says, This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that one thing happens to all. Okay, one thing happens to all. Truly, the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil, madness is in their hearts while they live, and after that, they go uh, to the dead in a, in a nutshell what is that what does that say? I think Jim, you probably already just pretty much said it. If you're looking at under the sun thinking, you know under the sun, you know that's it you're done under the sun, you're done uh, for're living for today and uh you know once this life's over and you take that final nap that's it you ruin your life and you going <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's pretty much negative yeah and that's what I like about this book too where it talks about under the sun a, a separate apart from Christ there is still so much more brought out in this book about enjoying life you know we know as christians how we enjoy life and the pleasures we have and and all but Think about how he's talking about under the sun living, and he's still promoting. Man, this life is still good. Look at what God has done. Look at what you have to enjoy. You know, enjoy it. You know, it's ours to enjoy. You know, he created us. Enjoy it. He's coming full circle. <laughs> yeah, at least enjoy some of it before yeah. you die. Because, like we said, and it keeps pointing out, you're going to die. You know, that's been set from the beginning of time. You know, we talk about that in Scott's class on Sunday morning. That's all been set in motion, so we know it's coming. So you might as well enjoy life uh, while you can. Good comment. Anything else? Yeah. You say it don't take many, sometimes one. And that's what we teach our kids, right? I mean, you never know in that one time, you know, it's going to be the time that's that going to be the, the worst, you know, because you never know. You know, luckily I never got into drugs and all as a kid, or, you know, even now, I guess you could say. But uh, I've heard there's drugs out there that you do one time and they can, uh, well, one, kill you. Two, you'll be hooked on it or looking for it more and more. So, you know, sometimes it only takes that one time. And that's what we, you know, try to teach our kids. But you're right, Roger. Sometimes in life, that one decision and that's, you spend the rest of your life. Paying for it. Yeah, that's true. Let's jump on down to uh, verse four. I read four through six. But for him who is joined, but for him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. I'm gonna stop right there and I kind of was reading and as I was studying on this. I don't know if you know, I hadn't really thought about it, but but they were kind of went down the road and were talking about people that like suicidal or thinking about committing suicide or whatever, that this verse right here is, and if you think about the the comfort, you know, that it it could give somebody in that situation because it says, but for him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. You know, as long as you're alive, that's what he's saying. As long as you're alive, there's hope, period. You know, as long as you're, you know, alive and there's breath in you um, because, you know, it goes on the saying for a living dog is better than a dead lion. And you remember back then dogs, when they referred to a dog, it wasn't, here pooch, get up on my lap and let's go get a haircut and stuff. Back then dogs were mutts, nasty, filthy, running on the streets, you know, and he's comparing that to a beautiful, you know, lion. So you're better off, you know, a living dog than a dead lion. But I thought that was pretty interesting when I read that, and then I went back and started reading that again, and he said, you know what? As long as you're alive and there's breath in your body, there is hope. There's always hope for you. So we need to remember that. All right, verse 5, uh, what did I say? Through 6, for the living know that they will die, okay? But the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also, their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. So, and this is pretty much going on and just explaining what we've already um, talked about as far as the living and the dead, right? I mean, like I just mentioned, as long as we're alive and there's, there's always still that hope um, of doing what's right, and you know, but when you're basically... As we know, when you're dead, you're dead. You know, your time's up. It's it's over. There's nothing more uh, to be done at that point. All right. Anything, any comments there on these uh, few verses, four through six? And, you know, if you think about it, it's the fact that our days are numbered, you know, the more I think about it, too, that should motivate us, right, as Christians, to want to do what's right. always want to better ourselves, um, you know, live our lives for God more than ever. Um, because just like folks under the sun or under the sun thinking, it's the same with us, okay? We're not guaranteed nothing. You know, we're here now. We could be gone tonight or tomorrow. We just don't know. So either way, we definitely need to always be ready, be motivated, always, you know, looking to do what's right and and to please God. Um, That should be a, a lifestyle thing, right? All right, so we talked about Solomon in these first few verses. Um, Of course, death is certain. Uh, We read that. Now he's going to talk about life is uncertain, okay? In these next few verses, life is uncertain. Um, And in this section, Solomon urges us to make the most of our lives because time, you know, and chance, I guess you could say, can overtake us. Um, So let's start at verse 7 here, 9, 7. Go, eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. And see, Mike, I think, you know, it's going back to the same thing that Mike mentioned earlier and what we've seen throughout this whole book. There is a lot of repetition, you know. There is a lot of eat, drink, and be merry, you know. It goes back to, like Jim said, it's just under the sun thinking, you know. Eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, that's what you have to, to enjoy here on this earth. Verse 8 says, let your garments always be white and let your head lack no oil. I should say, I was going to say, what does that mean? I want somebody I want somebody to tell me what that says. Yep. That's it. I mean, think about back even today, like a, uh, a wedding or whatever, people wearing bright colors or white, you're happy and to Jim's point at a funeral and sadness and darkness and black and all. You know, that's the, the difference between the two. And yeah, I'm happy, though I'm wearing black. yeah. but yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, let your garments always be white and let your head lack no oil. I'm still happy over your all right. All right. So that's pretty self-explanatory. Let's do uh, verse nine. <laughs> Live joyfully with. All right. This is the part I told Cheryl we're going to be talking about. Now, this is. I won't really want somebody to tell me what jumps out immediately in this verse, okay? Be careful what you say, obviously, but tell me what you think. Uh, Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which has given you under the sun all your days of vanity, for this is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. So before I go any farther, when you first read that, what kind of, Jumps out what's well, it kind of seems odd it did me when I read it well, what, what, <laughs> okay, that <laughs> all right yeah this is he he says, uh wife, not wives, and think about who we 're talking about. This is King Solomon. he had hundreds and hundreds of concubines and wives, and you know it talks about how that measures does, he, he does. there you go, but i it, but isn't it kind of <laughs> odd. How when you read that, because you think you're reading along King Solomon, King Solomon, then you read with the wife. Like, that just don't seem to fit who he is or what he was about after we know all the other stuff about him. But yeah, uh, live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your life, which he has given you under the sun, all of your days of vanity. For this is your portion in life and in labor which you perform under the sun. So, but, but, but do enjoy life you. yeah. Kinda like to eat, drink and be merry. Have somebody and we talked about that several chapters back, if you remember, about companionship and friends and it's always better to have somebody close to you that you love and that can support you. And you remember how we talked about how a lot of times things in life are easier when there's two or three or more people, you know? You can kinda get things done a lot better and you have somebody that you can trust to help you. So, yeah. Even in the vain world that we live in you know, enjoy it, but it's always better if you can enjoy it with, with someone with you. Let me ask you this, wives. It says, live joyfully with the wife whom you love. What does that mean for the wives? I mean, just kind of throwing this out there, something to think about, right? No, I mean, it's not a trick question. Yeah, but if he's going to be happy and have a joyful life, that's what I'm trying to get at. If, you want, if he's going to do like this says and live a joyful, happy life with his love, what does the wife need to do? Well, the, the my point was, and it, it was a good point, I'm not trying to be negative on anybody, but the way I see if if you're going to be a happy and joyful husband to your wife, wouldn't it make sense for your wife to be happy and joyful in return? Well, you can't be happy and joyful if she not. There you go. That was my point. Yeah, if you're gonna be joyful and happy all the days of whatever with your love, yeah, you're right. We say it all the time, happy wife. Happy. So, but yeah, you're right. Somebody can come home too to to have that relationship and talk to her or whatnot. Good, good comments. Anything else? All right, we might better stop there. All right, yeah, we, we won't get, go any further in that. We'll we'll wait till next week and we'll jump back in. So, thank y'all very much.